Hello, everyone. We are back for another episode of Drunk Bible Study bonus time. And this time, we're talking about stones. We're talking about great stones from heaven. Um... So yeah, no, that was so good. You like I lost the energy. It was like this like beat poetry. You just like went into it. It was great. I really liked that. No, yeah, I don't I don't know about this. Whoa, okay. Uh yeah. This is like an article. I'm not sure where this article is from. It what does this say? Does this say SAO NASA Astrophysics Data System? I think this is full of shit, but here we are. Um Yeah. C.C. <laughs> Wiley apparently wrote this article talking about in the account of the defeat of the five kings by the armies of Israel under the leadership of Joshua, it is stated that the defeated armies were fleeing and the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, cool. Um, and that, yeah, more died, more died from hailstones than all of the children who were slain with Sloon with swords. Sloon with swords. Oh, Tyndale sneaking his way in. Can't keep him down. Sloon with swords. Yeah. So they, okay, apparently many writers have assumed that in spite of the word hailstones, the account refers to a shower of meteorites. Oh. Of meteorites. We didn't think about that one. No, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So apparently meteorites have been known from remote antiquity. In the 10th chapter of the book of Joshua, there's a brief account of great stones from heaven, which fell upon the enemies of the children of Israel and killed them. So the evidence is overwhelmingly strong (laughs) that we have here the account of the fall of a number of meteorites rather than hailstones. I don't know about that, but okay. I mean, it's a cool story. I'm into it. I'll go with it. It is that the narrator doubtlessly exa- or doubtlessly yeah exaggerated the relative number of men killed by them is wholly immaterial and to be expected <laughs> under under such unheard of circumstances. So okay, uh, you know what? They that's think actually that it's meteorites. That's actually a fairly fair assessment, I would say. Of like, say the meteorites killed a few. How crazy is that, though, that everyone's like, oh, my gosh, you, you, you know, one person said, like, oh, it killed five people. And the next one's like, I heard it killed, like, five, like, leagues of people, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. and the next one's yeah, like, it killed more just, people than the swords did. Exactly. At just, a time where there's no real fact checking. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's a ridiculous like telephone game for sure. So, well, I was wondering, I mean, if it's not meteorites, if it's not what we thought it was, which was like lava or whatever, or, like we didn't lava think that. stones. <laughs> Just Edeker thought that. <laughs> I didn't think it was lava. Okay. I thought it was stones from an eruption. Now I'm gonna say hail. Actually, now I'm now I'm yeah, on Team well, Meteor, but well, before it was hail. Okay, no, we can. We're all but united. Were, we're all united at being rocks and not ice, right? Okay. Yes. Are we but Team however, Rock, not Team were, Ice? Team Rock. Okay, maybe, but Team Rocket, Team Rock. But <laughs> if it were Team Ice, I wanted to look up like why or if if Ice could actually kill someone. Um, and apparently, yes, they can. Apparently in 2006, at least 27 people died Whoa. as tornadoes and hailstorms struck the Midwest um, and the South on Sunday. And it says that like there were softball sized balls of falling ice Jeez. and a tree fell on one person. Another Aww. died when his mobile home rolled over. And this is the best part. A baby was blown down the street. <laughs> no. What? Like, no, 
Jeez. I'm assuming it's in a carriage and it was blown away, but somebody retrieved it. I'm assuming. I don't know. That's such a ridiculous line. I thought it was hilarious, but yes, who the heck knows? I don't know whether to cry or to laugh. It's. I mean, it sounds like a really terrible tragedy, but also at the same time, a baby was, was just blown down the street. It doesn't say that it died. Just says it was blown down. No, the street. it doesn't. Okay. Are we just? Are we just this desensitized to oh, violence? Yeah, maybe now that too. After we've listened to Joshua just like slaughter an entire region, every single man, woman, child, baby being blown down the street seems not that bad. Yeah. No, he was probably the baby was probably blown away, but somebody retrieved him in his basket and he was fine. I'm assuming that that's what happened. But okay, apparently, yes, hailstorms have caused only a handful of deaths in the United States over the last 100 years or so. Most of them killed were children, so that oh, makes sense. Oh, wow. Um, it says adults do get hit, but they're far li- less likely to perish from their injuries. Oh, that makes sense. Someone was like. I got hit so hard, I thought I was going to pass out. One Fort Worth, Texas victim of a softball-sized hail told the Associated Press in 1995. So, yeah. That's sad. So it could have been hail. Yes, it could have been hail. In China, seven people died in Zhengzhou from a a storm of egg-sized hail. And dozens mm. more ended up in the hospital. Jeez. So, well, well, have you ever it seen those happen. those like pictures or videos no. of the damage to like cars from yeah, hailstorms? Windshields, yeah. If you were stuck yeah, out it, in that, it says it's oh yeah, four and a half inches in diameter. Sometimes is a softball size hailstorm. Yeah, that would mess That's you up. Grapefruit Oof. size. Yeah, baseball size, 2.75 inches. Still, I wouldn't want any of these hitting me <laughs> in any regard. No, no really you. not. I've never been anywhere that's had hail larger than maybe ball bearing size. Have, have either of you ever seen <laughs> yeah. like big hail? Uh, oh, probably no not way. bigger than maybe a marble at the biggest. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. still scary though. Uh-huh. Oh it is scary. So speaking of being desensitized to violence, <laughs> boy, <laughs> uh, I've got some I've got some things to share. Uh, but first, just real quick, I wanted to cover timeline stuff, right? Okay, so here's what I got for you. The book of Joshua takes place over about 21 years. So that's kind of to give us a perspective of the whole time is about 21. Okay. Now, uh-huh. Joshua becomes the leader, like he takes over for Moses in 1406, according to this estimation here on um, biblehub.com. 1406 BC and then has finished defeating everyone by sometime during 1405. So this is only okay. maybe two years at the most, maybe one year if it kind of started during the middle of one and ended during the middle of the other. It's like one yeah. to two years hmm. for doing all of this conquering. That's that a lot happens. in two years. Yeah. But I guess it makes sense, though, because it seemed back to back to us and probably seemed back to back to them. But it's more like a few months at a time, yeah. Probably, yeah, probably beating each of them or something. Uh, I also, oh gosh, did I, I don't know if I still have the page up, but there was one of these things that was totaling up the number of kings that Moses defeated versus Joshua. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> Joshua totally creamed him, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's got to. With Moses, it was like two. And Joshua, it's like 31 <laughs> or something. Just, Whoa. Just bonkers. Whoa. Yeah. Like, now there's this wow. image that Joshua was just like chomping at the bit under Moses. So oh, just I like, didn't even think on. about that. He's come like, come on, on man, Moses, come on. Come on. Get him out of here. He was Put as excited in, for him to die as I was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, boy. Wow. He's like, it's been prophesied. I know it's coming. I'm, I'm ready to take over. 
Wow. God um, said that I, I would be next. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, one quick little fun thing. The Anakim. Oh, yeah. They are descendants of the Nephilim. Oh! But were kind of, by this point, thought of separately. But oh. they were technically descended. My goodness. Descended, yeah. According wow. to the Bible. Wow, cool. So, I wasn't totally off there. <laughs> uh, okay, so in looking into this, I kind of went down a rabbit hole here in reading about the book of Joshua and the accounts of these wars, which are pretty much done actually like starting with next episode, there's no more wars in, in Joshua as far as I know. So Mm -hmm. it all, it all happened right here. These 31 Kings that Joshua conquered. Wow. Right here. Yeah, I think so. I think that was the 31. If we, if we went back and totaled them up, unless I'm remembering the number wrong, but it was a high number, (laughs) definitely a large number. Um, but what I ended up coming across was this concept of the fact that that it had been commanded earlier in Deuteronomy about like these certain places you're going to kill everybody. Don't let don't let anyone live, and these other ones don't kill the women and children. Huh. You can take them for your slaves. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. This was back in either Deuteronomy or Numbers where that was kind of coming up. But okay, in, it's yeah. significant here though that in Joshua it really clearly states in each place that he, they killed everybody, right? That yes. they didn't leave anyone yeah. living. Yeah. They took the gold and silver for Yahweh, but destroyed everything else and burned the cities to the ground, yes. like complete and total annihilation. And when I was mm-hmm. reading about this, the word genocide was used. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, yikos. okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. th- it is also important to realize that all of these kingdoms are different ethnic groups. Hmm. That this isn't Jeez. just political kingdoms, but these are mostly united by being from a common ethnicity, like the Israelites, yeah. right? Yes. Who are all Jacob and sons. Jacob! <laughs> there we go. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, so what I found is that there is a Hebrew word for this that's harem or harem. Mm. H-E-R-E-M. Mm-hmm. Harem? Not oh, harem, harem, but similar looking. Yeah. Hiram? Hiram? I'm pretty sure Um, it's Hiram. Yeah. So it basically means to devote or to destroy. It's also called the ban. Hmm. Um, But it's used in these situations where basically in reading about this, it's super fascinating. I kind of went down a rabbit hole about it. But basically the idea is that Hiram is this like you're going to go to this place and completely wipe it out. And the idea is Mm -hmm. that you're doing it not from like a political or a strategic standpoint, but from a religious standpoint, Mm. that we want to destroy anything that could be a threat to our religion. And so that makes sense of why you won't keep any of the precious things and you've got to destroy everything, right? Because we don't want any of their architecture. We don't want any of their writings. We don't want any of their people to like perpetuate these beliefs or whatever. We want to completely wipe that out. And in looking into this and I was kind of like, yikes, that seems rough. What, What one of these articles pointed out is the fact that at this time and in this region, there was no distinction between a religious war and a political war. Yeah, that those were one sense. and the same. Makes sense. Right. And kind of saying that the concept of a holy war is something that has been later come up with by historians, I essentially, uh, to, you know, to explain this. But at the time, there wouldn't have like been a distinction. All the wars were holy wars. All of them were holy wars. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. And it also kind of talks about why then the punishment of a Khan 
was so strict Mm -hmm. because it's that same thing of like, no, we need to wipe this whole thing out completely. And the fact that he kept anything from the city was going against that. And that this is worth killing everybody, women and children and everything for. Um, Yeah. And then through doing this research, I stumbled upon a person named Philip Jenkins. Philip Jenkins. Jenkins. Who the hell is Philip Jenkins? Why are y'all like Philip Jenkinsings? Well, we were doing a Leroy Jenkins, oh, a Leroy Jenkins reference. reference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Philip Jenkins uh, is an author who's written about violence and war and stuff like that in the Bible. Mm. And in his research, he, because he kind of asked this question of like, whoa, this seems pretty rough. What's the deal? And then also in light of the terrorist attacks like 9 11 mm. and like jihad mm-hmm. and the Quran being brought into that being like, what's really going on here? Right, and I think a lot of Western perception of the Quran, that the Quran is like this violent book while the Bible's not. Right, yeah, the Bible's full of love and the Quran's very violent. And so the quote here from Jenkins is, quote, much to my surprise, the Islamic scriptures in the Quran were actually far less bloody and less violent than those in the Bible. Uh, His two books are called Jesus Wars and Dark Passages. Hmm. And um, basically, he said that violence in the Quran is largely a defense against attack versus these, which are assaults, right? Very offensive. Very offensive, yeah. So, quote, by the standards of the time, which is the 7th century AD, so later, we're talking about 1400s, although written down probably around this time. Yeah. The laws of war that were laid down by the Quran are actually reasonably humane. He hmm. says, then we turn to the Bible and we actually find something that is for many people a real surprise. There's a specific kind of warfare laid down in the Bible, which we can only call genocide. So the harem. Which is the harem yeah. that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, he kind of makes this interesting case that religions, as they last for a period of time, go through what he calls... Uh, holy amnesia. Oh, yeah. Which is basically this holy idea that... Holy amnesia. <laughs> holy amnesia, Batman. Uh, that basically <laughs> exactly. like something that historically was very violent, like this wiping out of these tribes of Joshua or in the Quran, you know, this like sacrificing yourself to stop the evil influences from other people or whatever, that as a religion ages those things become less real and more symbolic. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's really about wiping out the enemy of your own sins in your heart. Right. Or, it's about being pure and right, yeah, being right. fully committed. And so Islam has the same sort of thing, that for many Muslims, jihad, for an example, is an internal struggle, not a physical hmm. warfare against anyone. Oh, fascinating. It's yeah. been a very controversial book, of course, because there's many people who want to jump to argue against this. But um, yeah. in it, he makes a, an interesting case that in the in the Quran, there is a different word used for terrorism versus war, which at that time would have been like legal warfare mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. with rules and things around it Mm -hmm. and just kind of making the case of like no like yeah you could you basically you could justify just as awful stuff with either book if you're looking Mm -hmm. at them as like well they did it so i can do it and he quotes things like the fact that the the bible and the way that these specific harem incidences happened were used uh to justify things done to native americans and things like that right so it's just yeah god there's so much 
but you just could argue there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But it just was really interesting that I guess to see this and like like you said, Emily, like how do you read this as a kid? Mm, and it's like mm-hmm. you just don't think about it too hard. You're not really encouraged to think about it too hard. No, you're really not. Because if you do, it's... Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, that's why I like this platform that we're doing here. I don't know if it's a platform, but it just is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I I mean, really, truly, because, you know, as as someone who's a little bit older than just being told, you know, what you should believe and what you mm. should think, yeah. you're able to actively read this and and ask those questions and be like, I, I don't exactly understand how people can just blindly say, yeah, obviously this is the case. And I talked mm-hmm. to some friends, you know, especially friends on this contract with me who are really Christian, and I'm like, what the heck? And they're like, well, God... <laughs> God said that it was, you know, this was the thing and they and you know, God told them to yell at Jericho and it fell down and that's, you know, it, they he he gave them that opportunity and I'm like, but should they have yelled at Jericho and made it fall down? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, well, but maybe they're not even asking those questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's if you've just been given one thing to think about them for your whole life, it's hard yeah. to question it cuz you're just like, no, no, no of yeah. course it's not but you haven't really... But there's a wide spectrum you know. of the ways that people think about it and respond to that and justify that and things True. like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and at the end of the day, you know, there's always the argument of like, well, it's a history. Yeah. The point of this isn't that it's what you should do, it's what happened. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe there's something there. Well, let's talk about things yeah. happening. Let's talk about the sun. Oh, oh, Something oh, right. brighter, a brighter topic, a brighter as day. it were. Oh, lovely. Tell me about the sun. What happened to it? Well, the most interesting thing I found is that the actual Hebrew for the verse where it's saying that Joshua asked for the sun to stand still, Uh that's maybe a little bit of a mistranslation. That the actual Hebrew carries more the nuance of Joshua asking the sun to stop working or stop doing what it's doing. Yes. So that is a theory. That is a theory of like, maybe it was an eclipse because some people are like, why would he want... Well, some people are like, well, surely he would want a longer day because if it's nightfall, then they're going to regroup and be able to attack better. And some people making the argument like, why would he want to be in the sun for 17 hours? That doesn't seem nice. (laughs) Uh That doesn't seem good, you know? And so maybe an eclipse would be more likely to throw people into confusion or whatever. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It did mention that the moon also stayed up, like stayed still in the Mm -hmm. verse that we read. And Mm -hmm. I did wonder if it was an eclipse, but then it didn't seem to justify that in the reading. So Yeah, and the same thing. There's a lot of different interpretations. Of course, people being like, no, this is poetic. It's not supposed to be taken literally. Some Mm. people being like, no, he actually extended the previous night. Or some people being like, no, he just like slowed the rotation of the earth. Or some people being like, no, he just like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It was an eclipse. Or some people saying it was the hailstorm that blocked out the sun or oh, huh. oh there you go now i found more interesting facts about the book of jasher oh yeah the book of jasher that is referenced so the book of jasher is an apocryphal book it is a book of poetry it's referenced a number of times in the bible actually a handful of times uh it's hmm. a book and then jasher himself what do i know about jasher um you know Jasher and Dancer and Prancer. Oh, oh. yes. No, actually, <laughs> it go. means, the translation, it means Book of the Upright or the Book of the Just Man. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was lost to history. Oh, no. Though. The book itself was Whoa. lost. Wait, is it 
Wait, do Goodness. we still have it as apocrypha? We don't, we we don't, don't. have it. It's, we don't it's have just it. A, it's okay. gone. It's gone. It wow. only lives in reference. However. 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 I have written a book. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're not that far off. In... 1751, mm. a book was published claiming to be the translated oh. book of Jasher. Okay. Jasher. Yeah. So it was published in 1751. It was claimed to be an English translation written by an 8th century abbot named Flaccus Albinus Alquinus. So oh, Albus Dumbledore. That's easy to say. Um, <laughs> Albus Dumbledore. So Albus yep. Dumbledore, yeah. supposedly in the eighth century, translated the book of found the book of Jasher in Gaza, translated it into English. It disappeared for a long time, and then it was found and then republished in 1751. However, um, pretty much right away, people suspected it, even in 1751, because mm-hmm. people immediately were like, someone in the eighth century could not have produced a translation in modern day English, which would have been King James English at the time. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, they're like, there's no way that this would happen. So the book was declared an obvious hoax by a mm. publication called The Monthly Review in December of 1751. Um, the printer, Jacob... Uh, Il- Jacob Ilias. Ilive. Ilive. I don't know how to say mm. his last name. I-L-I-V-E. Ilive. Ilive? Ilive? I live. I live. Um, <laughs> I robot. Uh, Ironically, the printer Jacob I live was sentenced. Wow. He was he was sentenced in 1756 Ooh. to three years in jail Jeez. for this, yeah. and also for his radical anti-religious pamphlets. Now that's an interesting thing. There's oh. unfortunately not uh. more information about that here in the Wikipedia. Dang. But not only was he sewing like these faux these faux right. translations <laughs> of religious texts, but also apparently putting out anti-religious pamphlets. Um, wow. Maybe he was doing this purposefully to see mm. if people would like be all about it yeah. and take it as canon and then 10 huh. years later he'd be like I wrote it it was a hoax you're all fools yeah, yeah. Um, we so yeah. we actually talked about this a while back this would have been several months ago we talked about the book of Jasher because oh, I remember we? looking up a little bit of this but we didn't do as deep a dive back oh. then um, but it, it came up also in another thing of like as it was said in the book of Jasher that oh. we all know and we were like what do you mean <laughs> So we, we've talked about this a little uh, before. No, actually, we don't. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. funny about the yeah. publisher, though. I had, yeah. That part I don't remember. Yeah. So be careful. If you're going to make a, you know, a hoax book, make it good. <laughs> Cover your tracks. Uh-huh. There you go. Fascinating. Uh, wow. Well, we learned right. a lot this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for laughing. Thank you so much for joining us for this journey. Well, we will see you all in the new year, I suppose, because yeah, we're done for a little while here. Yeah. But I'm excited. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens in the new year for drunk Bible study and also for um, Joshua and the gang. Yeah, and we will be back on January eighth. So mark it on your calendars. Have a New Year's drunk Bible study party. <laughs> we will see you. Yeah. On January eighth. <laughs>